0: Hi everybody, welcome back to Leaders or Readers podcast. I'm Kathy. And I'm Valmai. And today we've got local community member, teacher and avid library user, uh, Sanal Patel uh talking to us today. She has a really interesting path from where she's been um, all the way to how she ended up in Vimaranek, but we'll let her tell that story. So here's the interview.
1: Thank you for thinking about connecting the community virtually because we all have to be thinking out of the box uh, in current times and finding ways of bringing some normalcy of the olden days. <laughs> um, so I appreciate um, you know thinking out of the box and coming up creative ways of connecting us. This is beautiful, Love. give me a few minutes, okay. Um, so we, as you know, actually, maybe I will introduce my little one, because that's the new culture of working home and juggling with so much. Uh, and one of the reasons why I come to the library often, uh, not just for my needs, but my daughter, um, who is, um, I'll let her introduce herself. Come here, Shrek. Come, here come here, just say Hello. She, she'll pop in at one point. Um <laughs> seven years old, and uh, she is a second grader at Central. And uh, before all this happened, every Monday was our library day. And we'd come there after school. Uh, on weekends, we have participated in the Saturday read-alouds when she was much younger. And now we would come in, you know, when it did open up, we missed the library dearly during the true COVID times when it was closed. But when it did open up, we would reserve the books and we'd come in to pick it up. And then I'd get a request, Mommy, can we please go upstairs? So we'd do a quick right upstairs and grab some books as well and of course the whole hand sanity factor and all the making modifications uh, of life now but yeah that's why we come to the library often um i myself am a teacher i um sanal patel sheth i'm a teacher i've uh, i'm an enl teacher and i work with language learners uh, i work with the diverse population uh, i'm a cultural lover myself and Um, symbol of diversity, as well as, um, you know, um, support of diversity. And uh, uh, I've I've worked uh, with high schoolers, I've worked with middle schoolers, elementary as well. Currently, I teach in Pelham in middle school. Um, And um, I love what our kids, um, you know, I think, being a teacher keeps you young because you're always around the little ones and librarians, you can attest to that as well. Um, And then just being around knowledge. And I think that's why I like the library because it keeps you current. There's, you know, even uh, last week when I went to our school library, I just happened to see a book that said Hudson River and I had to grab it and just peruse through it. uh, So there's so much you can, um, you know, explore and learn and grow. So that's uh that I've uh, if you'd like me to share more, I can share more affinity of library as a kid growing up. Um, you'll have to tell me how we are with time, and if you need me to, you know, focus on on one thing or another. So please.
0: Yeah, we shouldn't have a problem. I'll keep an eye on the time. Um.
1: Yeah, but as a kid, one of my, I'll share one of my fondest memories, uh, we would walk, I lived in Flushing in uh Kew Gardens, and every, I don't know, it must have been Wednesday or Thursday, my, I was the oldest, I only have one sister, but we had an extended family that lived around, and we would all walk along with my mom to the library, and we would be there from after school. We had our lunches. We marched over. We'd be there. Someone would be waiting to go on the computer because at that time, there was a long wait for computers and very few computers. We're talking about early 90s. <laughs> and uh, just playing simple game as Pac-Man uh, at the library. And then they had cool resources where you can you know, get your headphones and listen to stuff and had different... Um, cartridges and all that remember the olden days um and I remember coming home with all sorts of books uh, from comics Dennis the Menace (laughs) books and all sorts and that was my like go-to haven when I wanted to be alone from the family alone from the siblings alone from any noise um and uh yeah so that and then I also remember going to the librarians for help when I needed to do some projects because I was a language learner then and I was in fifth grade and I had English, uh, ESL teachers and we had projects and when I needed help beyond the classroom, I think there were some tutoring classes they had set up. So we would sit in groups and there was some peer Mediation classes. So other kids from who were in the same school and same grade, um, which you weren't friends with, we worked together groups. So it was such an amazing place. And since then, I mean, um, I always gravitate towards um, community gathering place, and co- library is just that. So yeah, thank you for what all you do. Did uh, did you have a favorite book as a
0: child? One that you would always try to check out again and again?
1: You know, I loved Little House on the Prairie. I loved the show and the genre. So anything went along with it, I would always, and I have to admit, I'm a starter and not a finisher. So I would always, and that, I guess when you love books, you want to take on a lot, but then you also have only X amount of time to read through them all. Um, but there's one book, A Suitable Boy by Vikram Seth, I want to say. My 11th grade government teacher gave that to me, Mr. Monroe, I want to say, in Long Island. It was He was retiring that year. And he's like, "Sonal, I have this book. I loved it. With Vikram Sethi is his name. And he's like, I want to give this book to you. It's called A Suitable Boy. And it's, you know, it's bounded in fabric the hardcover is wrapped in fat. it's an old book um and I started reading it I still am reading it and I haven't finished it because it's like almost a couple of I'm gonna say 800 to some thousand pages but I, I still can't like go of that book we're talking about two decades plus later and I just realized that they're making um a six-day, uh, six-episode series on it, like a documentary, but or maybe I should say a movie on it. And that is encouraging me as much as I want to see what they're creating. I, I think I want to finish the book before I actually see that, you know, because there's that level of excitement you have in books that it, it gives you that freedom of using your imagination, just letting it run wild versus movies it's wonderful. It's uh, three-dimensional and you see the colors, the volume, uh, the, the music, all of that's there, but it limits your imagination, which books do not. That's why I love books. And do you have a favorite book now that you like to, to read over and over? A Family Apart, being a teacher and teaching middle schoolers and high schoolers and e students, um, the series of Family Apart. Are you familiar? Have you read that? Are you familiar with it? It's a series of books um, on the orphan train uh, movement that took uh, place in late 1800s or early 1900s, where New York City was, I don't like to use this word, but it was infested with children with no place to go i mean immigration was a, a you know irish uh, irish um migration movement happened italian and there were a lot of slums in downtown and a lot of children were just left out in the city to survive, um, you know, to make do on their own. So there was a lot of theft, robbery, uh, so much of crime was happening revolving around children. So there was a gentleman who decided to help these children out and find them homes out west. So the Children's Aid Society joined together and uh, created uh, the train. There was an orphan train where there would be a headmistress that joined them and they would work on finding this of course the work was done ahead of time where some of the um elite members of the society joined forces and reached out to family friends out west who agreed to open up homes or at least open up um uh set up a congregation so this train would leave um it would leave I guess it was Grand Central terminal at that time, and would go north and then west from Albany it'd go west because that was the way the train movements went um, and every major city would uh, they'd get off, get the children off, and they'd have a platform and a stage set up for them to stand and there'd be a group of farmers that came that day to find a child, and many of them were. Wonderful, where they wanted to offer uh, better living for these children, but then there were others who were just looking for a free ride to have help on their farm and you know I teach enL students and a lot of our students are going through transition of assimilation in a new country new culture so this book ties in beautifully it teaches them history American history it also teaches them perseverance um, it also gives them hope so family apart is one of my favorite books that i i've read many times and i'd go back again and again
0: yeah i um i don't think i've heard of that title but i looked it up and it's uh joan laurie nixon that name sounds familiar so yeah um i'm, I'm interested to look more into that because that's that's a, such an interesting connection so um and so you've both talked about the library and your job, but so, so you're, you are an ENL teacher and you are in person currently, what does your day look like right now I know it's shifting rapidly too.
1: Oh, God, it's changing. <laughs> I just went back after uh, 14 days, <laughs> 14 days of staying home, we tested negative, thank God. But, you know, with respect to the rules and serving the student community, uh, and my daughter going in for in person. We were home for 14 days. Uh, Yesterday was my first day back in school. And um, actually we had a few cases and our school was virtual. The students were virtual for the past uh, 14 days as well. Uh, What does our day look like? So I can talk to my building where since it's a middle school, students go from class to class. Um, They have frames that they walk with. It's a tripod, uh, a tri-sided frame that they have uh, transparent with a strong frame that holds it up and when they enter the classroom there's a desk with a pile of sheets that are the size of a desk of course everybody all the desks are six feet apart but when the student sits they put this layer of paper uh, which they toss out before they leave the classroom. So that paper is that first barrier and then they have their frame and then we all are working um we all log on to google classroom and that's how classroom classes are conducted because there's no paper uh, passing no notebooks everything is done digitally and in our district in pelham we have um live. So the students who chose to be virtual, they're tuned into the class at the same time as the in-class session that's on, right? So the teacher, I'm working with my in-class student who's sitting here at the desk. At the same time, I'm checking on Google Meets, who's there, who's not there, uh, who's turned in their work, who's on Jamboard writing a response to the question I just prompted. Um, We also have another... App called Go Guardian which is um, you're being the guardian you can see their screens when you go on to Go Guardian. Um, it's a program that those districts have to buy into subscribe and then each teacher has access to so if the student is using a school device from home. you could see their screen what they're doing or if they're still working on the test for, or assignment from the class that they just finished. So you can chat through that medium or you could chat through Google Meets. Um, and it's interesting that it, it actually is amazing how far we've come in this um, virtual learning setting and how much we have persevered uh, as teachers, as students, as family, uh, making it, you know, keeping the ball rolling. So currently if there's, Someone that tests positive that cohort of teachers and students are out of you know working from home while well, the ball's still rolling and everyone is still teaching like yesterday I covered a class because we have so many teachers at for various reasons and we we do have students in the building. I volunteered to cover a class I had to go in and I had to instruct the, I said, oh do is there a lesson plan no need uh, Traditional school, uh, you would need a lesson plan to cover someone's class. Now it's it was just okay, guys. Get onto Google Meets when you're sitting there, and then the teacher was running the class as normal from home. And I had to be just uh, you know just to make sure that everybody's on page. And if there were any emergencies for in person, I was there. So it's amazing how education has evolved in this um, you know current setting. That's kind of amazing
0: that you can, that, that, that seems to be like a, I haven't heard of that being a hybrid method that happens. So, wow. I, I I just thought it was like either you're in school or you're virtual. So I didn't know that was an option. So.
1: I know it's challenging initially. I, I, you know, system is set now, so it's okay. And everybody, you know we're in December everyone knows how to tune into Google Meets, how to peruse through different um applications. It could be Google Slides, it could be um there's so many different programs that are introduced into the educational world now. But um September it was rocky, right? Um but by now even my Second grader, she was at a friend's place um, today while I was teaching. Um, she had a virtual class. She goes in in the morning uh, at Central School. So our Marinette district has a different where, right? You are either you're in your virtual or you're in person so she did the morning part on her own and then at 110 her virtual classes the specials are all virtual so at 110 she uses alexa to remind her uh today she wasn't home so it wasn't alexa that reminded her but there her teacher in her um uh, she has an amazing teacher who does a every morning calendar had mentioned that at 110 is art so she went on at 110 turned on her zoom she knew where to go in google classroom into her art teacher's uh, google uh, classroom and turn on zoom and keep the ball rolling so it's taught us a lot
0: (laughs) wow so um and you can talk about either before covid or now just like do you have a you've talked a lot about uh your students and like the book connection with them do you have like is that your favorite part of your job or is there something else that you really, that really draws you to it? Because it seems like you have a very strong connection with your students.
1: I do. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> I always go in saying I'm an activist for my, my, you know, my customers <laughs> who are my students. No, um, I was NL myself when I came to this country, and I remember staring at the walls in the classroom. Education was different in the eighties. I was in fifth grade when I came in, and I did not speak a word of English. And I, you know, I would elbow my. They they had paired me. My fifth grade uh, teacher had paired me with a boy who was from Pakistan, and he spoke Urdu. I spoke Gujarati from India, from the state of Gujarat, spoke Gujarati. But he and I, well, Pakistani culture, Indian culture, Southeast, uh, commun- Southeast Asian countries, we love Bollywood, which is our Hollywood. Um, and the medium, the language that they use is Hindi. So he knew we both communicated in somewhat of Hindi, right, because we weren't proficient Hindi speakers either. But I could understand a little bit of Hindi and so did he, he spoke a little bit of Hindi or Urdu. So that's how I got through fifth grade. I would elbow him, he'd translate for me and went to sixth grade and on and on and on. And then... um, I went to fashion school. I went to FIT um, at, for undergrad. And then I worked in the fashion industry as a product developer for Federated Merchandising Group. I did women's shoes and crystals and all. And after a few years, it, it's like, okay, great. I have a company credit card. We go out and dine and wine with vendors and all. It wasn't fulfilling. So that's when I took some time and I traveled uh, Western um, to, in Europe and lived there and, and then I had an epiphany that I want to go into teaching. And then it was a no brainer that if I will go uh, into teaching, I always loved being a leader, being uh, the older child and then having extended family with younger siblings. Uh, I was always the big sister. Um, So I said teaching and language, Um, I chose ENL to be an ENL teacher, the degree is called TESOL, Teaching English to Second Language Learners, it was called ESL before, and uh, that's how I got into education, and I speak four different languages, so that was also a benefit working as an ESL teacher, because you're coming, you will come across bilingual, multilingual children. And that's why when I work with my ELs, um, English language learners, I empathize with their struggles because I was one of them. Um, I, I know they're, especially if you're a middle schooler as an English language learner, high schooler, forget it. You're being uprooted from a whole different culture um, and brought to a new community where you have to not just learn the language, the culture, um, assimilating as a teenager so I I do connect with my students at a deeper level just beyond academics Um, and uh, I also get the you know I reap the benefits of it I'm able to get them to do things that their general ed classroom teachers aren't able to do. And as an ENL teacher, we also have an opportunity of working one on one in smaller settings. So you get that chance of building relationships with each with them. Um so yeah, I'm an advocate for my students and I love what I do. I truly do.
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. Um wow yeah. Especially having that uh Connection that I don't think a lot of E N L teachers would necessarily have unless you've been in that situation. So,
1: right. Um, still, mean. What does E N L stand for? English as a new language. Okay. Before it was English as a second language, but with the current uh, couple of decades now, the trend is that the kids are born here, so this is English is their first language. But for whatever reason. Um you know either they're being raised in another country and coming back here, um, English ends up being the weaker one of the two, so we call it l one and l two their first language, so the home the language that 's spoken at home predominantly is considered um, their home language or l one, and then English becomes the l two the second language so that 's why they politically correct. Um, English as a new language is the program that uh, we call um, that serves the English language learners.
0: That makes sense. So you're in Mamaroneck, yes? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Do you have like a favorite place in the town? I mean, you've talked about the library, but like, uh, or do you have like a favorite memory around here? Because you've also talked about like, liking community gathering and anything, but is there anything that you'd like to talk about Mimarinek in, oh in the library or not.
1: <laughs> oh, no, I love it. So um, I like telling stories because that's how we connect and that's how I remember things. So I. I'm a Long Islander, (laughs) on the other side of the water. And uh, after growing up in, uh, you know, I think I was in uh, Kew Gardens in Queens until ninth grade, 10th grade. Then we moved to Long Island and that's where life was. And then I moved into the city when I was at FIT and worked there and all. Fast forward 10 years, in 2012, I met my husband uh, who is from India and lived in India. So then I paused my teaching world and I moved to India. For three years, I was um, doing back and forth here and there, because my family and everybody's here now. And then in 2015, when we decided, by then I was a mom now, and my little one was two and a half years old, I wanted her, I wanted to plant roots for her here. So I said, okay, well, uh, where do I go? Uh, Long Island, I love it, love I love the ocean, I love uh, Montauk, but I still find it limiting because you only have those two highways. So I went to Dutchess County. I moved to Millbrook, which is um, horse country and barn land. Um, We would go to... the barn literally to get our uh, take our mason jars and get our milk every Monday and write it in the ledger how much money I'm leaving in the jar and um you know go home and my neighbors had sheeps and cows I loved that but I would drive back to Long Island every other weekend because it was just my daughter and I because my husband was still in India working he's a doctor so he had his pra- he has his practice and all that he's moved here now but it, it was transition phase so I said, I need to find something closer. Riding, driving 200 miles every other weekend is not good. <laughs> so I happened to interview at New Rochelle um, School District. I got the position. And I said, where am I going to live? And I happened to Google and I said, water. So let me go by the water. And I drove around Larchmont and then I landed in Mar- at Harbor Island Park. And sorry, I took a detour (laughs) to bring you to Mamaronek. But I was at Harbor Island Park and I said, I love this place and I'm very spiritual. I said, universe, please make this park my backyard. And we went to the Mamaronek diner uh, for dinner and it poured. I think it was one of the worst thunderstorms we've had. This was probably 2015. Um, And that's when we... um, on my way back, you know, the home search happened. We made few trips here, and we ended up finding um, uh, a home um, in Larchmont. And then it was we were renting at that time because I had to make quick decisions. And since then, though, that life has evolved from two thousand and fifteen to twenty now. We moved to Mamaroneck, and Harbor Island Park has been my go-to. Our kayak is there in the summers. I walk from my home. I think during COVID, I was there every morning because that was my outlet. Uh, I've seen sunrises over there. I've been there before the sun came out. Uh, I've been there for... I don't know if you know, but in October, we've had two full moons, October 1st and October 31st. I was on my kayak at Harbor Island Park, uh, on the water from the park, and saw the moon rise with my little one. Um, so I love our, uh, you know, our park. We also, you know, love restaurants. We love the activities that happens there. Um you asked me what are my favorite. So Harbor Island is one of my favorite places. We play tennis at sports time. Um, and then just being in nature. You know, we love uh, even the trails, uh, leather stocking that runs through um, love. The, um, and I like the diversity Mamarinic offers as well. So, yeah, Mumerunek has a lot to offer. Oh, I can't forget history. It has so much of history here. The Heathcott um, uh, scrimmage, uh, the Delancey, uh, what is it? The Delancey burial ground, yeah. Um, the Bell Burial Ground. Is it Disbo? Uh, I might say the name, I'm, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm saying the name correctly, but the Disbo Family Burial Ground. Um, I can't stop exploring the memory. I still have to find where that skinny home is. If you know what I'm talking about, there's that one little, that right? The little home that was on the market earlier this year, maybe. Um, so yeah, I love the history and that's why I love Westchester more than Long Island. Uh, Long Island has history, but Westchester has so much more uh, being, you know, so close to the Hudson Valley in Hudson Valley. Um, So yeah, I love where I'm at right now. And I'm trying to recruit more folks from the other side of the water to come this way. (laughs) And uh, do you have a favorite memory of either this library or a library that you used growing up? well um this library i've done um we celebrate Diwali we celebrate Christmas as well as you can see the tree in the back uh we, it, hanukkah uh, I have candles in the house as well um, we at Mamarinic library two years ago was my first time where I started you know build, uh, cementing my relationship at a deeper level i guess um I hosted a Diwali gathering, which is a light a festival of lights it 's a Hindu um, New Year celebration. And I just happened to be in the children's section and talking to a few folks there. And I think Terry was one of them and said, Oh, we'd love to, I think I went in saying, do you have any books on Diwali? And that's where the conversation started. And it's like, Oh, why not do a celebration? And I'd love to host it. And I think we had about 60 people show up and I was showing them how to wear um, a sari, which is like, what is it five yards of fabric wrapped around and it's one of the most elegant outfits I think of um but so I was showing that and then we did henna tattoos uh we had Indian um food tasting at the same time and uh so that was uh when I it's a little proud moment I feel (laughs) if someone comes uh you know um uh, someone comes visit I'll take them around Harbor Island and I'll also point to the library and I'll say by the way I did that for our library and then this year because of COVID we did a virtual Zoom read aloud and Shri was uh, with me and she showed how to make dias which are candle holders um, so yeah that's one of my fondest memories of um, the Maranek library and Sri loves the american doll collection that you guys display i think around this time of the year uh, when we can come in and then the gallery downstairs we always admire the art there so yeah those are oh and then the uh the balcony upstairs the little outdoor cafe-ish area that's also cool you get to see we've seen a few rainbows while we've been out there sometimes and you see the water so yeah And um, other libraries, I've always gravitated to the libraries. When I was a student at CW Post, uh, I've spent so much time at the library there, which is like the Greek style, et cetera. And then when I was at FIT, they have an amazing library with so much of, uh, I mean, their collection is incredible. They run a whole museum, um, history of garments and all. So I've spent a lot of time. I've actually learned a lot about my own culture and, Uh, fashion and jewelry and all while I was at the FIT library um we've also spent a lot of time at the Larchmont library and uh, enjoyed uh you know the activities they host over there so yeah well thank you so much for
0: all of your answers you answered some of our questions before we asked them and we have like all these this is very enlightening and it's really interesting to hear about um how you got to Mimaranek in the end? That's really that's all. <laughs> uh, when you're saying, well, we're finally at here at at that point, that's interesting. But yeah, the um, Diwali uh, celebrations are really interesting to hear about since it's something that I like. Not a lot of people in the area, especially people who aren't Indian or don't have Indian heritage, haven't celebrated. So that's always been very interesting to hear about too. And I don't know, um, Kathy, do you have any further questions? I think we answered all the questions that we had. Yeah, in one way or another. Yeah, and it, very, very, uh, we, we thank you so much for your time. And we're happy to have made this time work, especially on Zoom. And everybody's so flexible. And we got some good books to listen to. Or to look out for too and the-
1: oh yeah the the series if we can get it at the library if we don't have it's really incredible and what's so cool about it is um being an educator yes i talked about the assimilation process for these students but it is it has joan-laurie nixon has done an amazing job embedding social studies within it So you're learning about President Lincoln and slave trade and slavery and all sorts of things, um, colonies um, and how they were. So it's really a great series. I recommend it. And even if there were some sort of, you know, um, a continuation Thursday afternoon reading of a family apart and tying that with uh, you do so much justice to the kids who are Struggling with social studies, or who just wants to hear something that's just, uh, you know, that's not, uh, it's fictional, but yet it's um, realistic fiction and uh, something that uh, connects to so many uh, kids at so many different levels. Thank you for having me. This was wonderful. And I'm always here if I can uh, lend a hand, spread knowledge um, and connect us. Here we are connecting. uh, Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. And please stay safe. You too.
0: Thanks for coming on. This was great. We really enjoyed talking to you. So that was our talk with uh, Sanal Patel and we want to thank her for taking the time to come and talk to us. And keep an eye out for any book talks that we have come on our children's page. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.